If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Thursday Thought on the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. This is Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science. Um, so I want to tell you a really quick story, and then we'll get into what this means for your classroom, right? So when my firstborn, and if you're a parent, you probably can more or less identify with some aspect of this. Uh, when she was about 15 months old, she wasn't really talking a ton. She had a few words and all that. And I mean, I probably didn't admit this at the time, but I sometimes like worried that she, you know, she wasn't saying the words that she should enough or you know they ask at the pediatrician's office does she know 10 words or 20 words or is she saying 10 words or 20 words like she knew a ton but and you know but you would look at other kids and you again probably didn't admit this but I mean you you compare right so I just remember being like a little bit nervous about it it was the firstborn and you just analyze everything. Like, did they walk early enough? Did they crawl early enough? Are they doing the things they're supposed to? Are they looking you in the eyes? Like all of the things. And then it it was by like, you know, 18 months, she just experienced this explosion of language. Her, it wasn't by 18 months. I'm sorry. It started at 18 months. Just this explosion of language. Her vocabulary grew. She was communicating, you know, several words together. And it turned out that all of that worry that I did, that I, you know, had around 15 months and how she was progressing and how she was developing, it was just totally for nothing. So I learned my lesson for the second and third kids. You know, they didn't have that probably pressure put on them or stress from my end. But I really think this is reflective of this attitude that we have that our kids, there's these benchmarks, right? And we want our kids to hit them. We want our own children to hit them. We want our students to hit them. And the benchmarks are really laid out like this steady, or at least it can kind of feel like it's this like steady stream. We try, we tend to think of learning as this like these incremental steps forward and that we should always be constantly making these incremental steps forward. You know, maybe it's, are they adding this many words? Like, or did they take, did they try to walk this many times? Or, and I mean, obviously nobody says that, but, but you get me the, it's this, idea that it's the steady progress forward. And we do this in our classrooms too because we we think, okay, I covered that lesson. Now my students should understand this concept. I cover the next lesson. Now they should understand this concept. This is literally how we plan, right? This is how our curriculum 
is laid out. This is how we design activities. But really, the thing is, learning and development don't really happen that way. You know, our students might learn something in one lesson, but they might not actually get it that moment. They might need to see it three or four or five or like 17 more times. And it might not really click for them until they stumble across that idea, you know, two months down the line, and then they just, they get it. They just understand it. They have their aha moment. And our, our curriculum is not designed for this. Our system is not designed for this. And I don't have all of the solutions on that respect for sure. Um, I do want to say one really great strategy is to continue sprinkling in content, you know, to continue um, re- returning to ideas as you're investigating a new phenomenon so that they're seeing those same ideas again and again and again. I mean, but beyond that, like big system changes, you know, we have pacing guides to follow, right? We have our district telling us you have to do it this way. You have to cover this content in this three months and then you move on to your next chunk of content. But again, learning doesn't necessarily happen that way and not not for all of your students. It might happen for a lot of them. They might stay with that status quo, um, that that average middle, right? But there's always some that are ahead are, 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 in, are in that rush, that explosion of language that like Lila experienced when she was you know, around 18 months, or there might be, you know, trickling, you know, they're, they're hanging back a little. And I just really want you to know that it's okay either way. You know, if your students are in the trickle, that's okay. If your students are in there like big aha, when all of the things are falling in, are falling together and they're understanding how everything connects, like that's okay too. Wherever they are, it is Okay. And of course, we want to keep an eye on benchmarks and we want to keep an eye on progress. But I think we do need to let go of this idea that progress happens step by step every single day when in reality, you might be planting the seeds, you might be setting the foundation, you might be watering the ground and it's going to, you know, have their, they're going to have their springtime, they're going to have their growth their sudden, you know, bloom, their sprouting, their germination, whatever. They're going to have that down the road. And what you're seeing right now, I mean, you're not seeing that right now, right? You're not seeing that explosion right now, but it is setting the pace for that. It's setting the foundation for that. And you don't know when the growth is going to happen. You don't know when the explosion of language is going to happen or the explosion of science understanding is going to happen. But just keeping in mind that wherever they are right now, like it is okay. You know, and that goes for you too with this student-owned science, with phenomenon-based learning, with 3D teaching and the NGSS, like all of these things. Some days you're taking small steps forward and then suddenly you might leap forward. It's like that for your students with their learning and it's like that for you. You don't know when all of the pieces are going to finally just click. All you can do is just continue to sprinkle that learning in, continue to sprinkle that understanding in, continue to, you know, work towards that big goal, but know that if it doesn't feel like you're making steady stream type of progress, like that is okay. Anyway, um, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast, please, please leave us a review. It really helps us to reach other teachers who might be on the same learning journey. Um, And I do want to just mention, if you are interested in taking a bigger leap in your learning, if you're ready for a little bit more of an intensive approach to um, advancing your own journey towards student-owned science and three-dimensional teaching and phenomenon-based learning, I want to invite you to 
check out the Be Curious Community Cohorts. The We are wrapping up right now the kind of wintertime session and the May session is going to be, is open for enrollment actually. Um, and it's going to begin the week of May 10th. So if you're not familiar, the Be Curious cohort program is really designed for teachers who are ready to adopt a more student-owned science practice. So through weekly learning opportunities that are actually done at your convenience, combined with a weekly community support and collaboration meeting, so a live meeting where we get to really dive in together, the teachers in the cohort programs are making like mindset shifts and applying practical strategies that are going to truly engage their students in just exciting and authentic science learning. Um, And this is really the kind of learning that develops real critical thinking and creative problem skills. And it's the kind of learn for our students, right? And it's the kind of learning that brings joy and excitement to, to you in your classroom. You know, every teacher wants to have their students be so excited to figure it out and to reach those aha moments, right? So, It's really exciting (laughs) program and I'm really loving connecting with the teachers and I would love to invite you to be a part of it. Um, And I do think it is also important to just mention these cohorts have been a place where like the teachers in the program, our teachers can just connect and stay inspired. Um, I am so thrilled when I get to hear, you know, when when they've told me this is my favorite part of the week. Um, That's an awesome feeling, right? And I want you to have that feeling, especially as you're wrapping up this 2020-21 school year. If you're ready to bring some spark back to your teaching and learning, um, and or if you just want to keep it kindled, you know, you're doing well, but you just want to keep it kindled as you are finishing out the school year, please check out the Be Curious Community Cohorts. I'll link in the sh- place a link in the show notes. Um, but you can also reach out to me with any of your questions on Facebook or on Instagram, or you can email me, check it out on the website. Um, I'm happy to answer any of your questions, and I'm excited to get the new round of, of maximum six teachers into the program um, starting in May. I hope you are one of those. All right. I will catch you later. Thank you so much for being an awesome listener. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.